Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well... That's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Today's guest is James Newman. He is an artist and a messenger of art and script. He has had two near-death experiences, and we will learn about them today. James, thank you for joining me. I really appreciate you giving me some of your time today. Well, thank you. I'm really glad to be here with you as well. It's an honor to share the stories. And it's an honor to have you here. So, James, let's start here. Um, my audience loves near-death experiences, so can we start with your first one? Um, yeah, they both happened within about three weeks of each other. Hmm. And they were both in 2005. And it was at a time in my life where... I had just decided that the journey had become too much. Mm-hmm. And I lived on the streets in Hawaii. Mm. And um, yeah, just neglected myself uh, until I was ready to transition. I had very wonderful friends around me that always tried to talk me out of it. But um, I myself had even spoken to one and said, you know, I just surrender myself to whatever is going to take place. And I was on um, an acupuncture table. Hmm. I've had some symptoms of something. I was very sick. I was very, very ill at the time. Um, um, Consequences of um, HIV. And I had a friend that said, come on in, let's put you on the table and see if anything, what I can do. And he's also very intuitive. And that's when the first one happened. I can't even remember getting up to the place. I was just so ill. I had assistance getting up to the upstairs place where it was. And this was at a time in in late February, early March in Hawaii, Mm -hmm. where there are lots of whales and mama whales that uh, are around the islands having their babies mm-hmm. and i left and i left and all of a sudden i sense myself in a very warm place and the sensation that i had that was the most prevalent was that i was protected that i was safe and that there was an incredible presence all around me for the very first time in my life. Mm. Because of the way my life had transpired up until then, I had never known what safety or just a presence of anyone or anything that allowed me to feel safety 
uh, up until then. And all of a sudden, I could just feel like there that presence around me was pushing and moving and moving and pushing and pushing and moving. And all of a sudden, out I come into the ocean hmm. from a mother whale. Wow. And all I know is that at that moment, I was fully aware of all that I am, that I was for the first time in my life in the presence of a mother, and it was a mother whale, and all of those things that I was safe and that I was in the presence of something so much greater. And I now know that that first, um, that first situation came about so that I could release the traumas and all of the energies that were blocking me from receiving what it was that I was here to receive. That that trauma had been so profound that I was blocking anything from the ethereal that I that had been trying to contact me. What after what seemed a few minutes, um, out came a little brother whale, and there we were in the ocean. I was at that time on uh, had been participating in an open water swim team, and. Um, but there we were in the open ocean and just being in that presence. But what connected me and allowed me to realize afterwards that this was an NDE was beyond just that physical scenario was the all-knowingness, the presence of all that is being there and that suddenly everything in my journey was about to shift. Uh, if you don't mind, I want to backtrack a few questions. I'm not really sure. clear on what happened. So when you left your body, were you already upstairs on the acupuncture table or you were, did you say you were, they had, yes. so you got up there, you were on the table, maybe he started putting needles in and then at that point you were gone, right? I had been on the table for probably 15 or 20 minutes and he had already put, applied the needles and had left the room okay. and he knew, he knew how ill I was. Right. So when you first left, were you in like a room of light or a, a dimension of light? And then from there, you transitioned to the ocean? No. Or you no, just immediately transitioned? Did you just immediately transition to the ocean? I immediately transitioned to the womb of the mother whale. Okay. So you were in the womb of the wonder. Okay. Yeah. I was being given the chance to be reborn. Right through what I had later um, became more aware of, I was somewhat aware of at the time, but mm -hmm. more clarity of that another facet, another aspect of my soul was preparing to step in. Interesting. After you had been reborn, were you able to look at your body or were you just spirit? Or oh, I saw what I saw of myself was, an, an, I saw my in, infant self. Oh, my little toe head, blonde headed infant self in the in the water swimming, mm -hmm. 
seeing the world, but this wasn't the the three dimensional physical world. Right. This was this was a an, another place. Right. And um, and I know that I didn't know that at the time because all I knew is that it felt like what I would call at that point perfection. That there was there was no fear, no worry, no mm-hmm. no doubt, no nothing. There was just this all-encompassing sense of love and Mm -hmm. this maternal energy that I had never experienced in this lifetime. And Mm -hmm. then this little brother and then this perfection, there was this, this space. And, and it was probably because at that point in my journey here, my, that's what my mind desired. So profoundly desired. Mm, That's very interesting. So how long did you stay in the water in this dimension or whatever you would call it? After I uh, was brought back um, by the practitioner, he said it had been over two hours that they were trying to revive me. Wow. In the mortal world back in here on the on the table, were you, did they think that you were dead or, or that you were just unconscious? No. They, they, he said that my heart had gone, gotten so slow that he couldn't. he couldn't perceive a heartbeat. Mm-hmm. And my hands and feet were like ice and... And yeah, that mm. he didn't think there was any life left. If there was, it was just a thread. He said it's, it felt like there was a thread. And he said, and all of a sudden, there you were. Mm. So, in your ex- all of a sudden, in during your experience, probably a lot more time, I would assume, passed than two hours. Do you feel? Well, the only notion of time that I have is what he said. Mm. He said, from the time I walked away, had the needles in and walked away, two hours went by before before you did. I, he said, you kind of jerked back your head, mm. just your head off the edge of the bed, mm. kind of jerked back and you opened your eyes and there you were. And he said about two hours had gone by where the scenario that I was experiencing seemed like it was two or three minutes. Oh, interesting. You know, just the pushing and then this, this feeling and then the brother, and then we went off swimming. You know, I, there, I was an infant child, but I was swimming the same way a a baby whale would. Mm -hmm. Did you, did you get any messages or did you communicate with any beings at the time or was it more just peace within the spirit? Not in not in that first one, but in the second one that happened three weeks later, yes. All right. I did. All right, on the first one, how did you come back? Were you pulled back in your body? Did you make a decision to come back? Were you forced to come back? It felt like like somebody had kind of vibrationally, because I couldn't hear it, but it felt literally like somebody had stuck a vacuum hose up to the space I was in and it went, like it did just, that was the only thing that I remember either auditorially or visually Mm -hmm. that it was just this, this thing. And Mm -hmm. and that's why I guess physically my head jerked and I, and there, and there I was wide awake. Hmm. Interesting. So after you came back, have you had or did you have any profound changes within your personality or, you know? Oh, then, absolutely. How did you change then absolutely. when you came back? Well, the the changes happened after the, more after the second one. Mm-hmm. Between the second, because after the first one, mm-hmm. I mean, the acupuncture that he did really didn't change, obviously, my physical situation because it was an immune 
immunodeficiency. Right. And three three weeks later, or two weeks later, I was put in the hospital. Okay. And uh, after a few days, the only thing that the doctors knew to tell me was that um, they believed that I had leukemia. Mm-hmm. And immediately, my higher self that had stepped in there says, that's not your story. Mm, interesting. So I just looked at the doctor and said, that's not my story. <laughs> and he kind of looked at me like, but I was so weak and so ill anyway that I don't, from between the first and the second NDEs, I don't have much recollection of anything. Right. And I know, I know that I was staying at a, host, a youth hostel mm-hmm. in Hilo. But what happened there, how I ate, and I remember two days that I was taken out to the nurse that actually had referred me to the acupuncturist. I was taken to her house because they thought I was going to pass. Wow. And, um, and then she's the one that, that insisted that I be taken to the hospital, that my situation was just, mm. you know, it was at a point where I was going to transition anyway. So she said, you need to be seen by a doctor to what it, for whatever needs to take place at here in my home, I can't take care of you in this type of situation. And mm. I think she was afraid because she didn't know what anyone would say, what would happen. Um, if somebody just went to your house and died. And yeah. so she had insisted that I go. Honestly, maybe even just, she didn't want you dying in her house. <laughs> Very <know>? possibly. <laughs> yeah. She was, she was spiritually connected, but not, you know, she didn't understand what it, that death is just a transition and all. She understood it more medically. Right. Exactly. And I think she understood the implications of what might happen right. if I just died in her house. Right. Yeah. So, all right. So you wound up at the hospital. I'm assuming maybe you were medica- <laughs> medicated a lot, you know, under some kind no. of. No. You weren't? So how did you have the mm-hmm. second one then? I refused it. I refused any kind of pain medication I always had in my life. Hmm. Even, uh, I mean, I had had surgery before that, but other than having surgery, I'd never used it. I mean, they started giving me medications for um, bacterial infections and, you know, antibiotics, different things like that, but Mm -hmm. nothing for pain. And I think an antifungal medication for Mm -hmm. something else that was going, there was a lot going on. So how did you have your second one then? So the second one came when, when there was just no life left. And the second one um, came when, I don't, I don't remember exactly the day before or the couple of days before, but I know that they had been trying a medication on me for, for one of the infections. And whether it spurred things on, I'm, I don't know because I don't have the medical records, but I know that I left. Wait a second. I know that I left. And <clears throat> I know that everything where I was when I arrived this time was light. Hmm. I had arrived in what was what felt like to me like um, a midtown train station, Hmm. like a metro station. Yeah, that's interesting. Because that same sense of 
that's when I felt it more encompassing this all this just that there wasn't anything that I couldn't inquire or have hold an intention for that I already wasn't aware of that I didn't hold an awareness to. And that's when I learned that communication was done vibrationally, that there were no languages, that there was no, ex no physical expression. It was all holding a, an intentional vibration and that communication was, was made. Hmm. So I was in a place um, that I could recollect was um, like a train station and there were lots of other people there. Mm. But all I could see was kind of like those, what, the photographs they take of auras. So I could see an outline of what I, obviously my mind would have perceived in a waking state, would have perceived as a human form. But I could feel grandmothers and uncles and kids and all kinds of people. And it's as if they all knew each other. And that they, but I mean, the numbers were just immense, but, and I don't, again, there was no doubt of whether, well, I didn't ask my, I, I did, after I came back, I asked myself, well, I wonder how they could have all known each other. And then of course, once you ask something, it's revealed to you. But I knew that I wasn't going to stay. The very moment I got there, I knew that this was a, a train station that I wasn't going to stay and that, um, that I was there to receive an awareness and a knowing and that that awareness and knowing and knowing would be brought back with me into this physical world to then continue on my journey here. Because like I said to you, because of things that had transpired in my life up until then, and I was 39, about to turn 40, I had just given up. Mm. I had, I felt like I had tried everything to even just survive in this world. Right. This world was such a foreign, odd, distorted place for me, and I'd just given up. And it was the first NDE where I was allowed to release the traumas of, of the maternal situation that I experienced coming in. And then this, this full awareness that we have access to all of us, we have access to all that is, no matter what state we're in, whether we, we leave the physical body and are in the dimensional state or um, we are um, in this physical form itself. We still have access to all that is um, without doubts, without fears or uncertainties. And that was the awareness that I was given when I came back. Because as soon as I came back, I was in a bed of ice. And um, all I knew that, that I was trying to be revived, I had cold water, they had gotten me out of the bed that I was in and put me in a kind of a bed kind of tub with a tarp and they were throwing ice and cold water and ice and cold water. And um, after things had calmed down, I asked the nurse what had happened. And she said, you were laying there frying. Hmm. She said, you had a, a temperature of 109. Wow. And we just thought if you did come back, you would be, 
fried. Right. You know, right. she didn't say fried, but she gave that impression that you wouldn't be able to speak to us. And then she started asking me a series of questions. Mm-hmm. She said, Do, don't, you, don't you remember getting up out of your bed and going over onto the air conditioning unit and standing against the wall? Hmm. I said, no. Or don't you remember going to the window, putting your hand up there and saying something that she couldn't understand? And I said, no, I have no, no notion of any of these things. She said, well, it was right after, the, after you put your hand on the window that you came back into your bed that your body temperature just went out of control. Hmm. And that's when we brought the nurses in and started. While you were there, um, you asked or you could ask, how do all these people know each other? So did you ask that and what was the answer? No, as I said, I didn't. I I had the awareness that all these people knew each other, and mm-hmm. there was in my awareness there was no question about it. Mm-hmm. After I came back, just going back to the scenario and thinking, God, there were so many, but how could they have all known each other? How could they have all been? You know, it's like it was a big old family, mm-hmm. like it, like it is really. Yes. And, you know, like I said, aunts and uncles and grandmas and, and kids, and there was no question when I was there that they all were connected to each other. But when I came back, my physical mind asked that question, and only later did I discover the reason for it. All right. So okay. this is kind of my take on what you saw, but I don't know because I wasn't there. I don't know what the obvious sure. numbers are of how many people die on the planet every minute. Do you yeah. feel like it's possible yeah. that you were at a place where maybe all the dead people go to this station before they trans- transition to somewhere else and you were with just maybe thousands of people that had just also died in the last five or ten minutes and they were ready to go somewhere else? What does this train station mean to you? Uh, no, I was a, what I've learned now is that I was amongst my, the people of my origins, hmm. the Nabayo people. All right. And this picture here is a depiction of the galaxy where we reside. Okay. And they all knew each other because I all, I knew all of them. Mm. And they were in, in a transitional place because they too were being sent to different places on the earth. Mm. So you, you're saying the, the, the Nabayu people, is, what planet is that? Is that somewhere Nabayo. Nabayo? Mm-hmm. All right. Yes. And so they were also transitioning from that place to other places? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. Right. Like myself, I began this journey in 1965 with one facet of my soul mm-hmm. here, mm-hmm. present with me. During that NDE, that facet that aspect of my soul that fractal some people call it a fractal of my soul mm-hmm. left and this aspect of my soul from the nabayo people stepped in hmm. and just like myself that aspect of myself who is named jiamu mm-hmm. was preparing to step into this body so they were also preparing to step into other bodies but not all coming to this this three-dimensional earth some of them were going other places in other dimensional spaces. 
Um, I want to back up a little bit because I think the word spirit and soul are so usually, um, loosely used in society. And I'm not even clear, honestly, on what they all mean. So, and you said that this soul... Well, I can tell you what they mean. Well, that's what I'm going to ask is you said this soul stepped into your body. So I want to know what is your definition of soul? And when you say this other soul okay. stepped into your body, are you a, are you a different person now? No, I didn't say other soul. Okay. If you'll remember, I yeah. said other facet, other aspect, other, some people call it fractal. Mm-hmm. So it is part of the same one. Mm-hmm. My definition of a soul is a vibrational state instilled with an intention. Mm-hmm. So we are a vibrational state outside of this physical realm. We are no more than a, vi- well, we are, that is, that is everything. We are a vibrational state. And when we choose to come into this physical world, we are then instilled with an intention. But that same soul is multifaceted. It is actually innumerously faceted, more numbers than we can count. The soul, each soul, each of our souls has that many uh, facets. And one facet can come in and step into this physical body that you are you're seeing right now and and be receiving the awareness, the wisdom and everything that there is to receive through this facet. It's just like a facet being a window, like you think of a diamond that's been cut and there's all kinds of facets all over the diamond. Mm -hmm. Well, this aspect of my soul came through that facet Mm -hmm. that in this physical form, I'm called James Newman. Right. And is experiencing this awareness and the receiving of the wisdom through the experiences and current occurrences of this life. Okay. But that's why when people talk about past life, there's no really, it's, it's an unrealistic perspective to say past life because the, the timeline only exists in this three-dimensional realm. And it's just simply of their own being, their own soul self, having gone through another facet in 1720 Mm -hmm. and having an experience there and doing the same with the same intention of having the experiences and the occurrences and receiving the the wisdom from those occurrences so that they can be fed back into source. Okay. Let me ask you this so I can clear it up in my own mind. Is each facet of a soul any different from any other facet? Or are they all the same? Mm-hmm. Or are they all the same in different existences? Is each facet of a soul different from another facet of a soul? Yes. In what way? Yes. Uh, it's it's like if you think of a prism, you can just change the shape the circumference or the angles or the shape of a prism by a hair. And when you shine the light through it, the light that's reflected out will be reflected differently. Okay. That's how, that's the difference that's made in the intention that the soul instills in that vibrational aspect of myself that is now present here. So the intention that's held kind of acts on that facet, let's say, of the diamond, to go back to the diamond where the light is being reflected through or the prism, kind of coats 
the prism or coats that window and the light is shown through it and is reflected out as the presence that is here and that you're speaking with now. All right. So when you were speaking about the nurse said that I think you were on the air conditioner and then you had done something else outside of your bed. Well, and that I had urinated on the wall and all this kind of stuff. Do you feel like you were, no idea when you were doing that, were you in a, during an NDE or do you think you were just, you know, very ill and kind of, no, I think, I think the phys, yeah, I think the physical self was just so gone Mm -hmm. because at that point within the, those 10 days, two weeks, I had been put through, I'd gone given so much medication and so much stuff. And so the physical body, and that is why the soul self said, okay, it's time to retract from here because what's going to go on right there. I had an accident when I was 13 Mm -hmm. and the same thing happened. I don't know. I don't remember any experience of an NDE state, but all I know is I was gone. Right. I thought I was evil Knievel and tried to jump over something with a bicycle mm-hmm. and missed really bad. Mm. Ripped my leg open and all this kind of stuff. And I don't, I have no recollection of any of the impact, any of the pain or any of it. Mm. So, yeah. And, uh-huh. and what that medically they call that, uh, they call that a state of shock. All right. So after your second NDE, how did you come back? Did you were you pulled back again like last time or did you choose to come back? Well, like I said in the beginning, I knew that I was going to come back. Mm-hmm. So there was just this very gentle transitioning back in. Mm-hmm. It's something was almost like and it's it's hard to explain because no one physically came and went it's time to go. Mm-hmm. But you could feel that like there has somebody just come and just very gently, peacefully just went, okay, you know, kind of like, okay, it's, it's time to go back in. And, and when I came back there, I could see this big kahuna guy mm. <laughs> throwing the ice and had lifted me over in there. And they're, they're all trying to do, I don't even remember exactly what they were doing. All I knew that it was just like, I'd been put into the Antarctic or something mm-hmm. to try and bring my body temperature back down. Right, yeah, and I understand the nurse saying that because, yeah, at that temperature, you're lucky you didn't have brain damage or who knows what. Yeah, nerve damage, yeah. you know, di- nerve dysfunction, not being able to speak or walk or anything, yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, so afterwards, and after you got healed, your body speaking, and you were able to, you know, get out of the hospital, What? how did you change in your personality. Well, I didn't get healed. Oh. I didn't get healed. Um, I continued to be very, very, very ill. And so what the doctors there in Hawaii decided to do was to stay, get me stable enough to travel. Because I was there in Hawaii and the only living relative that they could find was my biological mother, hmm. who I had never lived with in my entire life. Wow. How did they track her yeah. down? Well, I don't know. Records. They called people in my hometown that they knew and started connecting dots. A social worker did. There's a social system, I guess, through your social security number. 
and then they it can end up finding immediately on your birth certificate who your mother is and have her social security number find her driver's license and then track her down yeah. and um so they let me know that i was going to be leaving the hospital and that the only course of action that they knew was to have someone buy a plane ticket for me and they bought that plane ticket and um i was then le i left hawaii hilo hawaii the from the big island and went to fort lauderdale florida hmm. where my biological mother lived and i stayed in her house as ill as i was for exactly nine months hmm. and then i left i was literally reborn in the first nde and after I left the hospital, after the second one, I got to relive my gestation time to go through the experiences, all of the emotional and psychological things that I went through during the gestation time. Because I, after I was born as an infant, I also left her care um, through her decision. Mm -hmm. And there I was being given the opportunity to try it again and to see the, the, the agreements that I had made and the agreements that had been set forward for me to receive the wisdom that, that was there to receive, even though it was in what most would consider an, an awful situation that happened the first time around. And there I was, but there I was just as vulnerable because I was so ill as I was when I was first born, hmm. uh, almost 40, 40 years before that. Mm -hmm. And I was di they diagnosed what I had, which was um, a rare bone marrow disease that mimicked leukemia. That's why they thought I had leukemia. And then they asked if I had any African descendancy, and I said no. So they ruled out sickle cell, and it was a bacterial disease that I had picked up when I lived in Brazil. Wow. And But I was, I was taken back to my biological mother's house to start it all over again. Mm -hmm. And in a, t a time period of 18 years, I relived the first 40. And that 18-year that, that time period, or... Um, the first 15 years, not 18, their first 15 years, I guess I relived in 15 years what I lived, relived in the first 40. All right. So how did that play out? I mean, it was almost like meeting your mother for the first time. Mm -hmm. Just like when I was born and I mm -hmm. got to feel all of the same absence and the same neglect that she had for me when I was when I was an infant, and she demonstrated the very same behavior again, really? when, as as I as that vulnerable adult. Hmm. Because I am, I hold the awareness now that we all all here by choice. We come with the instant the intention instilled within us for the gathering of wisdom. We as human beings were never meant to become emotionally or psychologically attached to the occurrences of our lives. We are all here in the receiving of wisdom, just like in this dimension, as there are beings in other dimensions 
who are there specifically for the receiving of wisdom for the expansion of source itself. Hmm. I think that would be pretty hard to do because I would assume that most people are pretty attached to their lives here. They have, they have been, they have become, especially in the last 15 years, or excuse me, last 15,000 years. Hmm. 15,000 years ago, no one spoke hmm. a language. We had drawings on, on walls and, and, and figures, and we had script. And, but no one spoke uh, an, what we know now as an organized language. And so up until then, everyone still held the capacities for telepathy, for vibrational perception, just like we have our physical senses of the sight, the smell, the, you know, the taste and the hearing and all these things. We also have an numerous amount of senses in our ethereal forms. Mm -hmm. Well, many of those senses and capacities, some people call them gifts. They call them, call it clairvoyance, call it other things like that. They're just the capacities we have in our ethereal form, some of those had been brought forward here into the physical world. That's why people think that the old stories about the, you know, that the slaves built the pyramids, mm -hmm. you know, it was this whole story about how, how many thousands of slaves carried each one of those stones and all this craziness. No, it wasn't. We, you know, the capacities we held at that time, built the pyramids, the thousands and thousands, hundreds of thousands of pyramids that are all over the world, that are all over the globe itself. Mm -hmm. And it was only when humans began to speak that they began to evolve the capacity to create illusion. Mm -hmm. Because before, they could feel right through it, beyond the illusion, which is vibrational perception. And that's why I call my artwork vibrational expression. Um, so we had that capacity to feel the authenticity or the purity or the clarity of an expression. When we began, began to speak, we began to be able to lie. Mm. We began to be able to tell untruths. So we began to stir emotions of distrust. And from distrust, a whole spectrum of other emotions. And then after emotion, psychological states, and we evolved into this, the beings that we are today, that we see that, you know, that I watched a video earlier today of a nurse in an ICU unit telling me that she was, not me, telling the audience that was listening, I was part of the audience, but that, that she was taking care of people that denied that the COVID virus even existed, mm -hmm. that they had been told that it didn't exist. So we have, as humanity, we have reached, and but yet she was telling, well, here's your chart, and here's all that, you're getting ready to die, you know, you're getting, you're, and she's having this conversation, and she's going, I can't believe this. Um, I, you know, she says, I can't believe this, that, that someone has that loss of, of discernment, that in that profound, but that's the place we've arrived at now. After 15,000 years of being able to speak, hmm. we have lost our capacities for the perception that would tell us what is real and what isn't. And that's why in, in the very near future, there's going to be quite a moment of revelation for us all that's going to 
pull back that 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 veil that people are still holding on to and attaching themselves to because a patient like that that's at their deathbed i've been there so i know exactly the the state of being that they're in that will hold on to an illusion instead of being able to receive the fear is so profound the attachment to the psychological aspect of fear the emotional aspect of fear mm -hmm. has gotten so profound that even when they're ready to die they can't accept the reality that they've been duped into believing hmm, that's very interesting and that's yeah interesting way of putting it so they're even i think you're saying that they're even attached to the fear they even that's an attachment that they don't oh, want to let absolutely. go of. because everything we do from one source to the other it's a source of fear or a source of love right that's the foundation of it all and the fear has just grasped them if if it hadn't grasped so many we wouldn't be living in the in the world, not just here in the U.S., but the whole world we're living in right now. This attachment to illusion, because having to having to admit that you've lived an entire life just clinging to and fighting for a lie or an illusion is too much psychologically for the human person to go through. Some. Uh, the majority, but there are some of us that that are reaching it to a higher place. Hmm. 15,000 years ago, I don't know if you can see in the picture that's there. Can you see the other picture, the uh, other frame? I see two big pictures behind you and two smaller pictures. Oh, no, in the other frame where my other device is attached. Oh, let me see. Maybe I have to... Um let make you allow to screen share that again here we go multiple yeah so i was going to ask you about that is that what maybe you can show us one of your artworks and that will tell us what you're talking about okay well let me get a good example where you can see it with a lot of clarity uh this is a this is a beautiful thing to share all right yeah so you can see the script that's all over here mm-hmm 15 between 15,000 and 2,000 years ago. So I'm going backwards. So from 15,000 BC to 17,000 BC for 2,000 years straight, I was present here on the earth writing. At that point, I didn't do any, I didn't do any uh, imagery, any drawings, any paintings. I just wrote. I was in a, in a place, um, I was in a place that we now know I call the stands in the region of the stands, Kyrgyzstan, Uzbekistan, right. uh, Pakistan, that region of the world. Mm -hmm. they, that's kind of Central Asia, yes. they call it. And um, I was there in a beautiful, beautiful temple that had a beautiful pool of water in it. And it was a three-sided temple, really high ceilings. And I sat on one side of the temple and wrote in this form in the same form that I write in now. And the stories that I wrote about were depicting all of what humanity was about to go through once they began to speak. What would transpire all along the time of 
the emotional, you know, the lying, the the losing of the perception, the the vibrational perception, the power of telepathy, all those things, how all of that would unfold. And here I am now back at the time when all the curtain is about to be pulled back on, on the show, if you will. And um, everything is about to be revealed. So I came right before it started and now it's about to end because all of humanity very soon will regain that um, vibrational perception back again. And then suddenly we'll, that's where the, we talk about the chaos that's about to ensue because they'll look around them and think, oh, holy hell, I've been being so lied to during this whole time and for those who aren't prepared, it's going to be a challenging time. And by the way, that image is the new moon over Navajo. Hmm. Now you said you wrote the script and it, and it almost looks like Arabic writing to me. The, the, the design yeah. around the, in the dark Royal blue circle. And then the other circle is that, are that is that uh, is that the language that you were writing in? And if so, can you actually decipher that now? Does that mean anything, or is that just yes. actual artwork? There's there's another depiction. Mm -hmm. That's that's the writing there as well. The same the same script. So, do you know what those are? Those I guess they're words, and what do they mean? They're not words. Okay, they're vibrational expressions. Oh. That's because words, you've ever heard the saying, it's not what you say, it's how you say it. Right. So it's, it's the intention you hold when you express something and not the actual word that you use. So what this image that you're looking at is a depiction of what's taking place at this very moment. It began a few days ago. It's a raining down of vibrational presences people want to call them beings or entities or other things but these are vibrational presences that are preparing and that's a, a very simple depiction of the earth and what's in the sky is the central sun the ethereal central sun and these are vibrational expressions the intention the script of the intention held by each expression for their presence here now for about what is about to take place for humanity. They're here to assist. Mm. So there are those of us who are in physical form that are from our interdimensional. And there are those who will come and are coming and are staying here, but they're staying in vibrational form. Mm. There are those of us who have vibrational perception and can feel their presence um and can know why they're here again like i said to you when it was time to go back i know that there was nobody that came and tapped me on the shoulder and says it's time to go but i just knew mm -hmm. this is the same thing but much more expanded i was thinking about okay imagining how beings communicate to each other without a language and and thinking, which is I would I'm, I think what you're trying to say, and just communicating with expression. So maybe beings would just express love to each other, express gratitude, express joy, happiness. Would you say that would be the way of of communication? 
No. All right. No. We have we have a beautiful beautiful example of a small piece of what is capable through vibrational expression and it's the expression in the Bible. Hmm. In the Bible somewhere I think more people around the world have heard this expression than almost any other thing expressed. But in the Bible, it is written that God said, let there be light. And there was light and it was good. So our creator held the vibrational intention for the existence of light. And because that vibration and that, that intention was held so truly and so with such clarity, light was made manifest. Hmm. Now, the human mind is far too limited to, that's why language isn't used, because the human mind is far too limited. Language is far too limited to express these types of things. But that, that very phrase in the Bible that God said, let there be light, and there was light. He simply said, how many, we, we talk so much now about uh, in in different circles about learning and remembering how we are manifestors and how we are capable of manifesting the life that we want and all of these things and but what people don't truly realize is to what extent the power that each of us holds within us for that capacity of manifestation mm. all right can you show us some more of your artwork I would be glad to. I can. I want to show you, or unless you have a request. No, but I would also. Something. I was going to mention. Um, can other people see your artwork on on a website or on Instagram or something? Both. Both. All right. Um, my website is www.alignmentlife11.com. And the same Instagram, uh, Instagram at Alignment Life. Mm -hmm. I had to add 11 on there for, um, what do you call it, a domain, for purchasing a domain because somebody already had Alignment Life. Right. Yeah. yeah Who knew? Yeah. Do you sell your yeah. artwork or these are just something that are personal for you? No. I, in multiple forms. Uh, on my website, there's a shop page. And they, for what I have available right now in prints mm -hmm. is, is listed there. There's a whole gallery that you, it's a swipe gallery. You can scroll through it. And then underneath the gallery, then there is sizes and finishes and, and prices and all of the information that anyone would need to do that. So what they do, and there's, there's uh, instructions there as well. They go through and choose all those and then they, in an email, that's the email button is there. They send an email saying, uh, and then and each image has a name. It's already named. So they pick a name, they pick a size, and they pick a finish, and I do the rest. They mm -hmm. send me the email with those three pieces of information. I take the information, make the report, and add it to the list of orders for the printer. The printer, I send it to the printer. The printer prints it and sends it directly to their house. Oh, great. Are you hand painting these or designing them like on computer? The originals, that was the second form. Mm -hmm. um, the, the, the pictures that I have available on there mm -hmm. are available either in print 
Or if they would like me to, I can do an original of them because in every one of the images there is script. Mm -hmm. And that script is vibrationally attuned to the person. If a person says, oh, well, I want, I would like to have um, a picture like, let's see. They said, I would like to have an original done of this. Mm -hmm. So what I will paint is the original two triangles, the flare, the two script circles, and then the outer circle in blue. But all of that script that is around the the image will be uniquely uh, aligned with their vibrational state and their needs and what they need as guidance. So the when I said before that a soul is a vibrational state instilled with an intention, Mm-hmm. The image that I that I uh, paint is that intention. It's the intention, like this is the intention for the, um, it's a recreation of the birth of a star. That this is what vibrationally takes place with the birth of a star in our universe. But what a lot of people don't realize is that when there is a birth of a star, there is also the birth of, innumerable entities and beings that come through that same portal that that star is being born through. So if, for example, many people ask me about this image that are, that are literally going through an absolute transformation in their life and something brand new is about to come for them. Hmm. And this image can vibrationally assist them as a compass as a tuning fork of how to vibrationally align with that new aspect of their lives that is about to begin. And so in the original, a script will be written specifically for them. That's the difference between a printed one, Mm -hmm. which will be the same one over and over, or an original one. Mm. Yeah, that's amazing. And the original ones I do. Like, for example, someone ordered an original... This is someone I never met before, and mm-hmm. I just finished this the other day. And I can actually put this up on the screen. Um, I had about a five-minute conversation with her, and I just re- vibrationally connecting with her. There's it. That's a better view of it. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, I saw her navigating, and I saw her... This woman has multiple, 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 multiple accesses to star maps in this dimension and in other dimensions. And this is actually a guidance system for her. Mm. This is a guidance system that when she activates it, the pieces and parts actually move. And sure enough, after I sent the image to her, she said she told me. The, the other day I said, don't, don't be surprised if you see the image over here to the side and you're focusing on something, but out of the side of your vision, you can see the pieces moving. She said, and before I finished the phrase, she said, James, I already have. Hmm. And she asked me, well, how do I make them move? And I said, well, better to ask, how do you allow them to move? And I said, by holding a vibrational intention. This is what I, I what I is needed at this moment. This is where I need to go, and you allow the 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 vibrational expression to do the work itself. 
Yeah, it kind of reminds me, I think, of what they call a compass rose on a map. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's great. What do you think is your most favorite piece of art? These two that mm-hmm. are right behind me. Mm-hmm. I haven't taken a picture. This is my home. Mm-hmm. This is this is my place of origin. Let me see if I can turn my camera on without audio. And I'll take you over there to it. All right. And let you see it up close. This is my home. And that's why it's... So, let me turn... Let's see if I can. I have to look. Uh, there we go. Can you see it now? Yeah. Let's see. Okay. This in the center, that's Nabayo. Mm-hmm. And this is our central sun. And this is our galaxy. And the different aspects of the galaxy. I'm having to look from across the room. You can see the different parts of the galaxy. Yeah, those clouds kind of made me think that they were nebula. They are. That's exactly what they are. And this here, this circular Mm -hmm. space, this is where, this is the, the gateway that's holding the vibrational state for where the new earth will reside. Hmm. And this is, this is the Sanitian galaxy. Hmm. So these are my two favorite pieces of artwork. This one. And this one. Because this is the, the vibrational depiction of the new earth. Hmm. And you can see in the corner that same symbol. And this tree, when you come up close, you can see that those actually aren't leaves. It's actually script as well. Oh, yeah. Because it expresses the vibrational intention of what the tree, and it's it's not just a happenstance or, oh, just because that we breathe together with the trees here on Earth. Mm-hmm. There are trees in every dimension of our existence. Mm. And you can see that there is this circle is actually script as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a there that's really a lot of amazing artwork you did there. Thank you. Uh, what is the sense I was going to ask you about? Is there some importance to your necklace? Is that a piece of artwork? Yes. Let me come back here and sit down. It is the image of a transference capacitor. Um, <clears throat> you might know it in the physical terms as a spaceship mm-hmm. or a. Um, a traveling device, but as as I refer to things in a, in their vibra- origin being their vibrational state, this this assists. This is the original mm. image of it. Actually, let's see. Let's pull it up here. Um, 
It's a transference capacitor. So it assists uh, in allowing for transference, vibrational transference between dimensions. And that is the, um, the over, if you were kind of looking at it from over overhead, mm-hmm. that's what it looks like. Mm-hmm. And I don't think if I have a picture of this, the, the view from the front, but I'll show it to you here. This is what it looks like from the front. Oh, cool. Yeah, that's what it looks like overhead, but this is like from from straightforward. Mm-hmm. Yeah, from the straightforward. So, from the straightforward, it kind of has your typical UFO saucer shape. Yeah, and then it has the script, the vibrational script. What the script is always present to for the integration of the awareness of what is being represented in the image. So this is an image up here, an image of what takes place vibrationally with the transference capacitor when it passes through a dimension. At the very instant that it passes through a dimension, this is what it looks like. So the dimension is depicted by the outer circle, the aqua circle, the the light presence, and then the gold. Um, one side reflecting the the leaving of the of the physical, and then the other into the dimensional. And each of us individually, this is the the physical or vibe into the vibrational. This is the form that we take that we take on from our physical form into this when as we pass through dimensions this is us turning into a vibrational form that can pass through dimensions it's almost kind of like an orb i mean it is round and orbs are kind of you know light would you say that that's Every, any- everything comes back to a circle yeah that's interesting everything does well besides your artwork do you have other projects that you're working on that you want people to know about um, I do a lot of now I'm starting to do more and more a lot of one on one work with people mm-hmm. and a lot of group work with individuals who mm-hmm. are truly recognizing that there is a much higher expression of who they are and they want to know how to become aligned with that how they align themselves vibrationally with that so that they can live and experience that here Mm -hmm. because we're living in a time now where things like karma, things like uh, light and dark and contrasting um, paradigms or Mm -hmm. perspectives are all being dissolved. They're all being dispersed. Mm -hmm. There's no more cycle of coming back and we're we're done with all of that. Mm -hmm. And the way that we reach the new earth this vibrational expression of the new earth is by becoming aligned with our highest expression itself Mm -hmm. so i assist people in peeling away the beliefs that stand between them and the awareness of all that they are and i say the sun's out there shining that is you but you've got the blinds closed and well, they said, well, what are the blinds made of? I said, your beliefs, mm. your beliefs of anything other than you are nothing but that brilliant, 
all-encompassing, all-present light. And they say, well, what about my shadows? I say, it's all light. Here's the light. Here's your belief. What's behind it is just the shadow. Take the belief out of the way, and there's no shadow. Mm. There's no darkness. Mm -hmm. There's nothing like that. It's not about working on what's going on there in the shadow. That's where people have got it mixed up. It's about taking the belief away so that the light can be present there. Mm -hmm. So you do that by working on becoming aligned with all that you are. Mm. And I do those in one-on-one -on -one sections and some, some things I do in groups as well. Mm -hmm. So were you an artist before your NDE or is this something that manifested afterwards? I have only been painting for about a year and a half. Mm. So do you believe that these abilities are due to your NDE? Um, I think the NDE was um, a catalyst, uh, a starting point, because we all have all of these same abilities. It's just a matter of getting the belief out of the way that we can't. Right. Because as soon as you stop saying I can't and you truly release the ability, the, the belief that says you can't, then you do. Yeah, I love that. You do. And, and it's, it's so beautiful to watch somebody step through that transition. Mm -hmm. I have, I'm in awe. I've done it for myself, but I'm, I feel even more humbled watching someone suddenly just, and you can see it in their face. All of a sudden, the whole expression of their face changes and like, Oh God. And you know, like a deep breath or something will happen and they'll just realize I, I can and they do. And then they, they go on and, and I'm like, okay, I'm done here. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's all you needed from me. Now it's like you just push them off the, off the, out of the nest and let them fly. Mm -hmm. You know, you, you just let them fly. And I just, I love seeing that happen. I love mm -hmm. assisting people in arriving at that, that point that they do recognize who they really are mm -hmm. and that they're none of the conditioning that they've been fed up until that very moment. None of it, not even conditioning that they may have believed yesterday mm -hmm. at that mo in, in an instant, it can all leave. Mm, it fair. can be just that now it didn't, honestly, it didn't used to be that way. Mm -hmm. There was a time when source called upon us to continue to process through things. And it was all about for the gathering of wisdom for the expansion of source itself but we've been released from that from that intention from that that situation that's why no more karma no more um, contrasting perspectives of one or the other humanity will make a, an incredible leap forward when it realizes that we are we are male and female all in one mm -hmm. that there is no one or the other in every, I don't care what the physical form looks like, we are we all hold the same capacities of both of all things within us. Yeah, you know, male, female, interdimensional. Um, the spectrum is just endless. It's just uh, the facets of our soul self is are just innumerous. Right. And that is my intention and in work being for being here is uh, helping people arrive at the place where whatever Oprah calls it the aha moment that they have that moment when they really recognize that 
that that is true. Hmm. So if somebody wants to get in touch with you for a one-on-one session, do they do that through your website or? They can go on my website and the same thing takes place. They can book the website through the, because they have, there's a PayPal button there. And when they make that payment, I immediately get the calendar message and the, the whole thing. And then they can send me an email saying, because if, you know, that they want a specific day or time, um, because otherwise it's just up to me to book it. But if they want us to, to a specific time that works best for them to send that email and the email address is right there, mm-hmm. www.alignmentlife11. No, that's the website, uh, alignmentlife11 at gmail.com. All right. Sorry. All right. Um, they can message me there or they can find me on Facebook as well, hmm. either through James Newman or through the Alignment Life group. And they can message me there and say, hey, I'd love to have a session. And what do we do? Okay, great. How do we proceed? All right, James. Well, before we wrap it up, do you have one last message that you can leave the audience with? Just be you. It answers all things. Some people ask me, well, how do I help somebody? Just be you. Because the greatest way we can ever assist someone else is by showing the way by being and not by saying. So just be. All right. Thank you for that. And thank you very much for your time today. I really appreciate it. I wish you massive success with your artwork and any other business or personal activity that you're engaged in. Thank you. And I'm grateful for having the opportunity to be here with you. It's been fun. Yeah. And I'm I gra- enjoy it. Thank you. And I'm grateful for having you as well. Thank well, you very much. All right. Well, you have a great evening. And you do the same. All right. Bye-bye.